what's happening, Trips? Welcome back to a Little House in the Prairie podcast. Uh, this week we've got episode number eight, and we're joined by an absolutely fantastic guest. This is one that I'm excited about. It's been a few weeks in the making now after putting the podcast on hold for a couple of weeks uh, there due to me catching COVID. But we're finally back. We're in the studio and we're joined out of Toronto, Ontario by up and coming DJ, Emily. How are you, Emily? I'm good. Thanks. How are you doing, Charles? Thanks yeah, for having me. I'm great. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, I think we spoke a few a few weeks ago just before everything went down for a couple of weeks there uh, briefly. And it was one of those ones that when we were sitting talking for that half hour, 45 minutes, I kind of knew that this is going to be a really interesting one. I think we're both on the same page here and we'll have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Thank you for reaching out. And um, the best thing about house music I found or the music community uh, in general is that it's that it's a community it keeps people together. So I re- really appreciate you um, listening to my story and uh, taking it from here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that is one of the strengths. And that's one of the things that this uh, podcast was kind of built on. One of the things that I really wanted to stress was the community that's involved here and the people that are involved here, because you know yourself when you're out at events, whether you're DJing, whether you're there watching someone that you admire, you always run into people that that are just so friendly to you, like more friendly than a lot of people that you maybe have known for a long time. And uh, everybody's just there to enjoy themselves, have a good time. And it's, it's nice being in that same space as people that are like-minded, right? Yeah, totally. The sad thing about COVID was the fact that I've lost all my bar nightlife friends. The people that I didn't know were my friends until I got to the bar and we had a kick-ass night. And, uh, you know, you meet all those uh, strangers based usually on one thing, like the show that's going on for me, maybe the DJs or the live uh, live performance musicians. So, uh, and they're people that you just like meet for a night and you maybe will see them in the neighborhood again, but like sometimes that's it. And sometimes those people are incredibly lovely. So I like... I miss the fact that it's a pandemic and I can't go out and have those random one-off friendships for a night. Um, but, you know, it, it keeps you grounded uh, back at home. Uh, we were chatting earlier about how, like, you know, you're able to get some grinding done at home, um, whether it's for music or for other stuff. So, you know, there's positives and uh, negatives in everything. So just trying to stay on the gratitude side, right? Yeah, you're quite right. That's the right attitude to have. And yeah, we did speak about that just before we started here, um, about how the whole situation has kind of forced people into making decisions about how they're going to handle it and uh, whether they're going to take it as a break and or if they're going to be productive with it. And I think a lot of people are trying to be productive, but the lack of community and the lack of uh, people around about you that, that share the same passion uh, as, as you is something that people are struggling to deal with in terms of uh, getting stuff done and making sure that the stuff that they're doing is something that they really want to do and not just sitting about, not really getting much done and uh, almost forcing it to a certain degree. Whereas I think... Uh, when you have people around about you that are passionate about it and are enjoying the things that you're doing and like to see you grow, you feel more inclined to, uh, to you feel more encouraged to go and try and work on that and try and keep showing them more and more and uh, expressing yourself and, and uh, showing off the, the hard work that you've put in and, and the, the products that that produces, I suppose, isn't it? Well, I think that uh, I totally agree with you there. And um, in in this pivot season, I think you've seen the people that genuinely love the industry and want to be a part of it and are willing to grow their toolbox and their skill set and not just be a fantastic musician and know these songs and like catalog these songs and DJ these songs. But now you're also going to have to be like the promoter and also the like event organizer. And a lot of these DJs, I think that, that are, have been successful uh, already in, in different cities and different countries, they were all doing that to some degree, um, but it's, it's definitely not been a year where you like show up somewhere and you say like, this is what I need, <laughs> come back when it's here. And so uh, it's not like that right now. You're gonna have to be setting up your uh, Twitch channels. You're gonna have to be 
learning how to use that interface if you just have it and you don't use it, maybe getting into production. Um, uh, for me, it's definitely highlighted the fact that I definitely love to perform and um, it gives me uh, more discipline when I have gigs lined up and I have a crowd that's facing me and that feedback. Um, but, you know, like it's also given me a, a really good moment to just like chill out on it. Um, right before COVID, I think I was working three jobs. So I was DJing, serving and working at Starbucks. And then I was also finishing my degree. So I was just burning the candle at both ends. So um, to have that first month of quarantine was really nice. But then um, we did a mix for like an online publication called ISO Radio. You should check them out from Toronto, um, led by JMKM, also a female powerhouse DJ producer extraordinaire. Um, so I did a mix for them, I think around May. And then just been, again, chilling it out. Yeah. I'm uh, that's why I was really excited to have you guys hit me up and uh, make a mix because I find that like if that with must be my ADHD unless I have like that deadline or something prominent coming it's like I'll get to it I'll get to it or I'll try to make a mix and it'll never be finished because um, kind of like that OCD nature where if every transition every transition might be fine but I might just be too critical scrap the mix start again. And you never get that full hour. So um, it's nice when you have those deadlines. It's nice when you have like that community. But it's also nice that this pandemic is happening now when we have Facebook and SoundCloud and Instagram Live and Twitch. And we can actually still interact and grow. Uh, another super sick DJ um, and producer, Scratch Bastard. He uh, is originally from uh, Nova Scotia, I want to say. Then went to uh, Montreal, did like Red Bull, Red Bull challenges. Patrick okay. is a champion in terms of scratching, but he's sick. He's awesome. Took photos at his show one time early in university. And um, yeah, he hooked me up with the photo pass. He chatted with me. And uh, again, like true elegant musicians, we're going to build each other up. Um, he went on to doing this thing called Bastard's Barbecue, which actually goes from like all around Canada to even like Taipei and shit. And he like has these hip hop outdoor barbecues with him headlining and then other DJs. Um, so he has some notoriety, chilling in Toronto, pivoting to, to Twitch, definitely encouraging someone like me who's still like growing in her craft. Um, but I can definitely see he's mountains ahead of me, you know, in terms of uh, professionality, but uh, it's just time. And I think the more uh, exposure and with nightlife being open again, hopefully soon, um, we'll, we'll all get there back to the dance floor, meeting some strangers. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's that's the ultimate goal anyway, is to get back as soon as possible and start putting these amazing events on. And uh, I think, uh, like you said, there's been a lot of people who have done really well with the Twitch side of things and moving over there and doing live streams and still socializing and things like that. But a lot of the time that that's that stuff that was happening when everything was crazy and uh, you were just constantly on the go, it sometimes took away from the time that you need to just sit down and relax and take a breath for yourself and just reset and make sure that you're giving everything 100% energy rather than trying to do everything one after the other and slowly and slowly the amount of energy you can give it is starting to diminish and fade away there so um yeah everything's time everything's it's a marathon not a sprint right that's that's the saying is everybody just needs to take take some time to themselves and reset so that the next stretch they can really start uh, climbing up and and getting there and it's cool to see those people that are that are doing really well uh outside of the Twitch thing before all of this pandemic happened, then transitioning on and still giving people like yourself who are still working on their craft a little bit of inspiration and, hey, don't get discouraged by what's going on. Look, there's still options out there. We can still adapt to it. There's different things and you can make it quality if you work hard at it. So I think uh, both sides of the coin there is, is, is still pretty good as long as you have the right mindset for it. Yeah. And, uh, and just because I haven't been like specifically not DJing as much, of course, than before I'm like playing the guitar, I'm, I'm finding I'm singing more. So it's like, 
yeah, there's different seasons for different reasons. So um, it's a test in every kind of uh, any kind of journey we go through. And um, this is just like one of them. If you want to be disciplined and into growing, you know, it's important to a not be too hard on yourself. So you're just like uh, critiquing yourself down, but be like, don't be afraid to like explore other things within the craft. I think um, I've known a lot of uh, DJs and producers that are like, um, multilingual in terms of the instruments that they play. They don't just play on like a DJ mixer or on a synth pad, but they're throwing in live bass and singing. A guy off the top of my head, Tone of Arc is pretty cool. I met him in Toronto. However, I feel like he spends most of his time in Mexico. But, um, you know, like it's great how also house music can bring all different kinds of samples and sounds together. So that's particular in missing the house community is you always hear different sounds too right so like you would go to a party and i'd be in toronto but like you close your eyes and like maybe you're in africa somewhere like the drum lines the percussion is so sick you're like oh i could like be mentally transported there so yeah music is awesome it's uh it's a free it's not necessarily a free ticket but like whatever to pay for cover but it's a ticket to somewhere where you're not if you just use the rest of your sentence sense senses to kind of like get there too. Yeah, so. for sure. And I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit with you as well. You said uh, you've been playing some guitar and you've been singing more and things like that. And um, so was music always really a big part of your life then? Like how long have you been playing guitar, singing and things like that? Uh, playing guitar, I started uh, in my first year of university, so I was back in 2012, so now we're going on 10 years, but like no lessons, just like ultimate guitar, mostly uh, chords, just because um, I definitely need to get stronger in terms of like when I'm singing versus when I'm playing, it uh, gets sideways sometimes, but um, so I've been playing that for, for a minute, but I grew up playing piano. And then in like uh, middle school, in I did uh, trombone. And then high school, I like the school that I was at. I was not within the within the boundaries. So they had this flex boundaries program. If I learned a stringed instrument, I could go to that school. And that feels like a double win, right? <laughs> I want to go to that school, and I get to learn an instrument. Cool. So I learned the cello. So definitely, music has been somewhere that's like in my life always but I've also had like I remember in grade seven I had a, a ensemble singing teacher and like this choir set up at my school tell me pretty much like you're not one of those girls that can harmony like do the harmonies <laughs> like you you just you just stick to the main course you leave it to Michaela and those other girls and I'm just like all right I, that burns I'm not even going to lie. It really hurt my feelings because you're a grade seven. Um, but now when people hear me sing, they're like, oh, my God, your voice is so great. And I'm thinking like, yeah, shit, like your own voice is like an instrument. You just have to practice it and, to, and then you get better. Like no one, no one. OK, maybe we might not all sound like Christina Aguilera, but everybody can sing. You know what yeah. I mean? So and I've always tried to keep music. And I think there. a lot of those people as well, people forget like, these fantastic singers that uh, are in the charts and making iconic songs, all of those people have singing, uh, singing teachers and take lessons and vocal coaches and breathing coaches and things like that. Like they didn't just be able to sing phenomenally. I mean, some, some people are ridiculously talented and the talent's already there, but they all work hard to build that up and, to uh, advance in music and the voice as a song as much or the voice as an instrument as much as any other instrument is you can get better you can work it and obviously in terms of every skill in the world people have different limitations people have different ceilings and you got to be comfortable with where that is for you but you can always work to get closer and closer to that end goal to where you want to get and when you surpass it set new goals set start working towards it like it's a, it's a vicious cycle, but it's something that's very, very practical. And I think a lot of people just don't have the self-belief to go after it and to work at it. If they can't do it first time, they just kind of get discouraged. Totally, yeah. And uh, it's important to get, get past that because even if you don't know what your goal is, 
I find like what you're describing, I've called them speed bumps in like learning. So like for guitar, a speed bump for me was like the bar chords, holding down that finger, one finger while the rest of them did whatever. And um, it wasn't until after I surpassed that goal where I was able to like almost look down from the mountain and be like, whoa, all right, this was hard at one point, but now that sounded all right. So yeah, it's, it's that self-criticism. It can be so toxic and the beauty of the performance is like you just go and you just have an hour. So like you better knock their socks off, kid. And as as like shit your pants, that may sound because you're like, I'm at Young Dundas Square. There's like easily 500 people here. I'm like 21. Like, I can I do this? It's like, damn, I'm already here. So maybe maybe I can do this and maybe I should stop asking and just start, you know, just doing and um yeah, so it's been it's been a really incredible journey with DJing. I I never pursued DJing. I actually like had an idea of like what a DJ does in high school, but it wasn't until uh, I started dating one of my exes who was a DJ that she picked up on the fact that I was like you know had a lot of um, musical history in terms of the instruments and was definitely curious about what she did. Um, so. She kind of exposed me to that, but it was something that I, I don't know, I never even thought about. And for me now, that seems so weird that I would never even think about it because I love it so much. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. And so when did the, the transition from being a musician and doing all these things like singing, playing guitar, cello, piano, when did the transition to electronic music happen? Like where did that come up? Because a lot of these instruments, although they are they're still present in electronic music they're not so much what you would you would generally hear in terms of synths and drum machines and things like that when was it that the real kind of electronic and house style took over for you was that something you were always kind of listening to or uh no and see again like I was, I didn't, I did not get the let out about house music until university. And like this, uh, this DJ, uh, DJ Mel Sutherland, um, definitely a house head. I'm just trying to pull up some pictures so I get a timeline, but it was roughly around like 2014 when I got the let out about house music. And cause I always thought of electronic music as like dubstep or EDM where you have these big drops or chaotic bass. And like for some situations, like working out at the gym, I'm about drum and bass and EDM and dubstep. But when I want to go out and spend four hours, six hours in one place, like I can't be listening to that all night. So um, she exposed me to house music. She's a producer and a DJ and uh, specifically like to listen to tech house and Latin house. Um, she, we did this, uh, this foot fetish. Uh, was it foot fetish? Something on Wednesday nights at the sex club called Oasis Aqua Lounge. She was like the DJ for the night and she would bring me consistently and let me practice and let me DJ and teach me how to do it while we had this like very interesting crowd, uh, mostly of men in towels. It's funny how the <laughs> girls are never walking around in towels. It's like the men, it's like, oh, hey boys. All right. Um, but it gave me this awesome exposure to like four on the floor and like this repetitive, not monotonous, but kind of comforting kind of consistency that house music has that pop now is too chaotic. Um, uh, hip hop has its has its vibe as well. Um, but like, yeah, so 2014, 2015, I was exposed to that and kind of predominantly wanted to be a house music DJ. Um, but as they start to pick up gigs elsewhere, you know, sometimes they don't necessarily want house. Um, a lot of like corporate events or like school events, like I've done um, different like, um, uh, what are they called? Banquets and different like, um, like I opened for one time, I worked for U of T, University of Toronto, and it was for their, um, it was some sort of awards gala for international students. And the first year I DJed it, you know, they told me it's going to be like a banquet, they're going to be dressed nice, they're going to have dinner. So like dress accordingly, essentially. 
And I get there and I open and I'm playing during their award ceremony. And then they tell me, oh, okay, by the way, we have like a headliner. So once they're done dinner, you're out of here. And I'm like, all right, cool. Who's the headliner? Chaos. I was like, chaos? Chaos is coming to this thing? How did we get booked on the same thing? Does he know this is a banquet? Because I don't think he's going to be very impressed, man. Like this seems a little low for chaos. And uh, God bless him. Maybe he did it for like the international students, but they did not get his vibe at all. Um, if I remember correctly, he did, uh, it was Starboy was pretty uh, popular by the weekend. Yeah. And he replaced the words, um, I'm a star boy to I'm a fuck boy. <laughs> and I just remember looking into the crowd of these like Cantonese Student Association, Mandarin Student Association. Everybody's like looking and like, did you just drop the F-bomb? And I'm like, all right, I got my check. I'm going to go. And I have a feeling I'm going to get called for next year. And uh, sure enough, they called me next year. So like uh, a little bit safer than chaos in terms of an option. But like, you know, some gigs are not going to be like uh, performance uh like you can do whatever you want i think some people just need like a quiet polite dj that has like a good music repertoire and i think i'm that's kind of where i'm at right now in terms of a lot of my big gig work uh, if it's not at like a festival like pride or something then it's typically like a wedding or like a student thing but sometimes these students ball out like boats i've been on a boat cruise a couple times block Jeez. parties so yeah, yeah that's pretty cool and i mean um you would imagine that you see a lot of people who you recognize a lot of these kind of big name headlining djs and generally because they are who they are they get to play gigs that accommodate the kind of music that they play but actually these same people have done all of that same thing where they've taken gigs here and there and have had to be adaptable and they've had to uh, they've had to accommodate the music taste of the people that they're playing to and they've had to take into account the the crowds that they're playing to and try and bring the lit not bring the level down but try and find the right level that suits the setting that they're playing in rather than just going with what you enjoy right at the end of the day as a dj Everyone who DJs loves the music, but when it comes down to it, you're still playing for the audience. You got, you still got to find the music that the audience enjoy and the things that they like for the night to be a success. You can't just go off on a limb and go and do whatever you want. Otherwise, people aren't going to book you. People are just going to go, like, that wasn't what was expected. That wasn't anywhere close to what was expected. So you're not going to get the opportunity to go and play it again. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest, I feel like it's a fair trade because I don't think Chaos wants to do that job again. But at the same time, it's just like if I was his manager, I feel like I would expect to talk him too because, you know, it's uh, there's I, I have no shade. Like, I love doing those events. Like, uh, I've DJed so many different uh, types of weddings. And like some of my favorite things are like getting like the older people to come up and, and dance and be excited. So like if I'm going to play some like... Uh, John Mellencamp or like uh, bare naked ladies at this like, you know, cutesy barn wedding. Like it's, it's going to happen for me. Like um, I'm about music bringing community and community is everybody on the dance floor ideally. So um, I've had uh, really great times doing those smaller kind of uh, things, but I've also, I feel made like a decent impact doing like, uh, the Urban Hip Hop Union at Ryerson, and then also um, for Pride Toronto, DJed for like a number of years on a number of stages. And um, yeah, it's, you know, us talking about this makes me miss this stuff even more because it's been so long since I've like verbally even just like thought about all of these things. Just said it out loud. Right. And then it's like, yeah, Pride might not, probably won't happen this year. And you know, it's okay. I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a great healthy world reborn out of this, but um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very lucky to have found house music. I, I don't think I would be able to um, be sober of alcohol without DJing, which is kind of like, some people would be like, oh, if you're a DJ, maybe that might be, it might be easier for you to drink. But like, I just wholeheartedly feel like, uh, my ex teaching me to DJ in a lot of ways saved and like paved the way for the rest of my life. 
And um, I, I, you never know what choice is going to be the right or the wrong choice. You just know your intention going behind it. And I think everybody knows that feeling inside of them when they know they're doing something right. And for me, that's always been DJing. Now the organizing the set list and maybe like trying to organize like the Twitch stream, et cetera. Like that's not my forte. Maybe I could work at that, but like that community aspect and kind of like leading that circus, like that's dope. I miss that. And I, I love house music for that. It's really that's, supposed to love. That's what people are looking for as well, right? Like uh, someone who can bridge the gap between the genres, because I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, a lot of people have, like everyone has their favorite kind of music and their favorite genres and are drawn to different things. But the best DJs in the world are the people who can take all of these completely different aspects and make them all sound like they belong together, right? Like it's the art of crafting two tracks together and being able to present it in a way that is uh, that is delightful to hear on the ears and is nice and it sounds right. And you go, do you know what? That's spot on. Like that's exactly what was needed as the next track when it came in. And it's maybe something that most people standing on dance floor wouldn't imagine wouldn't think of wouldn't even attempt but that uh the surprise is what gets people excited and gets people happy and it's memorable for them because it's out of left field and something that they weren't expecting when they showed up to the event so i think all those little gigs that you're playing have then in turn or has then in turn uh allowed you to develop in the bigger gigs that you're playing like you said uh in some of the clubs in toronto and uh especially pride as well i mean what is that like playing pride toronto i mean i, I was in saskatoon during pride a couple of a couple of years ago um i went up there i had a soccer tournament up there with a few of my friends who were playing five sides uh raising money for the university team up there that my friend was playing on and uh it just so happened that when we were there pride week was going on and it looked crazy it looked phenomenal and some of the music those like at those events is is crazy it's so good so i can only imagine the scale of it and what it's like in toronto yeah well in toronto it is it is pretty banging there is one song um that comes to mind when i think of pride and it's actually a christmas song and it goes it's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> because See, seriously it's <laughs> My it's grandma awesome. had a, when I was growing up, my grandma had uh, an ornament that she brought out at Christmas and it was of Santa sitting on his sofa with his feet over the, over the, uh, the radiator in the house, like heating his feet up. And that was the song that it played. There was a little button on it and it played that song. Nice. Well, bring it when you're here in Toronto for Pride next year because it will be needed. Uh, <laughs> Charles, I need you on stage. I'll like mic up Santa. But no, for, for real, uh, just because Toronto, we have people coming in from the States, people coming in internationally, people coming from the rest of Canada. Um, I'm, I'm part of the queer community. So it's like you'll see people you know. Well, or people you wish you didn't <laughs> like go the opposite way. But um, I just find like um, the music community, house community in Toronto, Pride is one of those festivals where you could go without, um, without anybody, without any plans, just you're just, I'm going to be down on the strip at 12 and see what happens. And you will have a full day lined up whether it's like dropping in at one of those events or if you literally just walking up, up and down the street, uh, you're going to run into, even if like, even if you don't know these people, like we were talking about friends that you have of the night and like at pride, it's very easy to make lots of friends and just chat it up. And they bring in a lot of uh, local talent. Usually like I've DJed on the street stages a number of years and my friends have DJed on the street stages. So like, I'll be walking up Church Street, and this was last or a couple of years ago, and I didn't actually uh, uh, go with anybody. And I'm just walking up the street trying to find my way, and I look up, and who's DJing at the North Stage? It's Jules Bangsworth, also six DJ. Check her out; she's awesome. Also from Nova Scotia, but has been in Toronto for a minute. Um, but she's like DJing; she's killing it. She's like an awesome, incredible house DJ. Like any bangers she's got them and she's playing them everybody's moving 
And she sees me and she's like, yo, Em, come up on the stage. I'm like, me? Come up on the stage with your cool friends? Like, I'm running. So, like, I run up the stage and I'm dancing. And she's like, yeah, thanks for coming. And I'm like, I didn't know I'd be here at this point in my life. Go me. Like, I know a sick DJ. And then uh, I actually met my girlfriend when I jumped off the stage in, a, in an hour or a bit after dancing. And uh, that's where I met my current girlfriend. So, double whammy it was a beautiful day but um you know the night went on they have outdoor like beer gardens and house music that plays into the night and um it just has that festival energy without that 200 300 ticket and it's all in the name of like love and i think that's very beautiful and it's it's definitely community i'm like you know um i know after like the boston bomb and during the marathon like my mom was always worried about like my attendance at pride because it's like that's where the stages are that's where maybe something like a terrorist attack would happen but like no I'm sorry like I mean knock on wood but um it just seems that everybody that goes out there is really there for like a really good time and a lot of queer history kind of blends with house music history so then you have just like this presence of awesome, awesome music. Like you could just walk for five minutes and hear like three or four different DJs as you go through the crowd. So yeah, I've DJed from like their, a uh, couple of their street stages. I did their Young Dundas Square stage a uh, number of times. And it's definitely a different ball game and it's definitely a lot of fun. And um, definitely can't wait for Corona, Miss Corona to uh, sashay away as RuPaul says, and then we can all get back to some good fun stuff. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's shortly and we can get uh, everything back on the go again. And I mean, yeah, I think I haven't experienced it, unfortunately, uh, the Pride Week yet, but it's something that I would be really interested to go out to in Toronto because I think uh, everything, everything about it is exactly what uh, house music embodies right like a lot of people don't realize that the history of house music primarily stems from uh from the lgbtq community and from uh minority communities such as like the black communities and things like that and detroit and chicago and uh i think all of the kind of original spirit the freedom the inclusion uh freedom of expression to just be who you are and not have to be judged or anything like that is exactly what made that kind of music so um so attractive to so many people through the 80s 90s and then into the early 2000s where it really started to pick up and become a little bit more mainstream but back in the day when it was all uh like warehouse parties and uh kind of illegal raves and events a lot of those events were being held because there wasn't the same opportunity for people in those communities to attend the the kind of main mainstream bars clubs things like that and it really kind of pushed all that that uh, scene on in terms of now you're seeing like uh like your gay clubs and uh things like that and they're they're doing it better than most of the the regular clubs right like you go there, the people just love the music. They want to have a good time. They want to enjoy themselves. And it's a party. It's a proper party. And they do it right. So it's something that I would, I'd really love to go out and show my support and uh, and be a part of it one year. Um, like I said before, like my girlfriend lives out in Ontario. So it's pretty easy to get for me to go out there. And a lot of the time it's whenever I get breaks from university that I've managed to get out there and we go to whatever events on, but hopefully one year we can time it right for Pride Week and we can get out there and see all the amazing DJs, the amazing, amazing people that attend. And hopefully you'll be, you'll be playing and we can maybe get off on stage there. Yeah. Hopefully that would be awesome. Can't wait. So we'll just have to wait for Pride, Pride Toronto to go back on and to book me and then we'll figure out the plans from there. But yeah, I, again, it's it's all about community, right? So I think both house music and this uh, Pride event, it does so well because it's just bringing people in together. So um, yeah, I definitely can't wait. Um, but I'm I've definitely like had a hip hop influence to me as well. Like I spent a year DJing, being the resident DJ for the Urban Hip Hop Union in at Ryerson. Uh, shout out Violetta. She was like one of the first girls that ever took my 
business card and set me up with some proper gigs and had uh, faith and trust in me. Um, I feel like I've definitely, definitely been raised by a lot of female powerhouses in terms of like my DJ career. Um, we female DJs tend to stick together or ladies in general try to stick together and, and boost each other up just because there are not that many um, DJs that are women. I mean, now it's starting to change a lot more rapidly, but I remember one of the things that Mel said when I was thinking, well, talking to her about uh, what should I, what should my DJ name be? And she's like, my advice is do not lose the Emily because the Emily is going to get you booked even before they listen to your music in some instances, because it's like, how often does a female DJ send in her mix for a club? It's 98% male. It's very saturated, but um, you know, like right now I go by Emmy, the DJ, I am going for the more androgynous uh, uh, gender non-conforming or ambiguous uh, marketing, um, which has its own little niche. But uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about um, DJing is like, you're able to like, I'm really sorry. Look at, what are you doing, Bobo? Oh no, we're sliding away from Charles. Look, you're ruining it. You're ruining it, Bobo. We're having a very serious podcast. Sorry, this is my dog and he obviously is annoying. So you need to go away now. All right. <laughs> oh no, that's all right. I sorry. Think, I don't know if the mic picked it up there, but about 10 minutes ago or so, my stepdad came home from work and my dog was upstairs going mental. Like you okay. come home and it's as if you've been at war for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. No, my girlfriend kept him in the room and she just let him out because he was just being a little bit too much in there. But uh, he just always has to be the center of attention. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry about that. But no, no, yeah, that's so fine. It's, it's that community aspect that I, I dig in both of those uh, industries, both, um, uh, sorry, with Pride and with, um, with House Music. Sorry, Hannah, can you take him off? Oops. So he, um, he does not like looking at himself in the mirror. <laughs> he always tries to scratch his reflection. So, that's my bad. I think my dog's tall enough to look at himself in the mirror. I yeah. just have a little, uh, I have a little dash around and he's, okay. he's a funny little guy. He's so, like, he has, a lot of dogs have a lot of energy. Nah. Not him. <laughs> no, he's happy laying down and doing nothing all day. Like yeah. you go up and do something, he'll give you looks as if, why are you moving? Just yeah. Why do I have to follow like, you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I think uh, I think you've hit it right in the head. There is the the community is the main thing, right? Is the having people around you that's like minded, having people around you that's open, and uh, I guess to to your uh, to what the other thing you were saying was um women in and DJing right now are really becoming the powerhouses. They're really taking off. A lot of the reason is because they're showing each other so much support and it's amazing to see. And I mean you're even seeing it all the way up to the biggest stages in the world right now. Uh, a lot of my my personal favorite DJs who I think are absolutely killing it right now are all female. You're seeing people like uh, Amelie Lenz, who's started her, she started two labels in the last two years, and she seems to be on every main stage at every festival that's been booked. And Charlotte DeWitt's another one who's a very similar style, and you're seeing her absolutely killing it all over the place. The tracks that she's putting out is phenomenal. And uh, I think the most impressive DJ that, or DJ set that I've saw personally, would have been Paula Temple. Okay. And it was one that I was really like, so when I saw, uh, I saw Awakenings Festival and that whole weekend, you're looking at the lineup and it's like every other, every hour you've got to make decisions on, but there's five different DJs that you want to see all of them. Who am I going to go and see? And we kind of, me and my friends are a little bit strategical with it and we kind of, made a little bit of a plan where it was like, this is who I want to see the most. And then this is who I'd like to see second. And we just tried to make something that everybody was happy with and move around on, obviously as the weekend goes on and people are 
drinking and whatnot, plans go out the window. But for the most part, we managed to stick to it and see the people we wanted to see. But Paula Temple was one that um, I thought would be really cool to see. But at the same time, I wasn't really like all over it. It wasn't like I was pushing for it or anything and we ended up going to see her. And by the time I left, it was, uh, by the time I left that stage, I was just like, holy shit, I could go the rest of the weekend listening to that because it just had everything. She covered so many different genres. She played a live set that like, and it was just going from, it was going from like stuff that was just really catchy and you could vibe to, and then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck was that? And just ripping your face off of the bass when it was kicking in and you're like, Jesus, like it was just, it was an intense experience and it was one that's just always stuck in my mind. And when, when I left that weekend, mm -hmm. I went, it, it wasn't even close. Like she absolutely smashed it. And it's so cool to see that, uh, again, the opportunities there for, for women in music. And I think a lot of the reason as well uh, beforehand was uh, women were getting discouraged due to seeing how many male DJs were around and it was predominantly dominated by uh, males and I think uh, once we really started seeing uh, the, the females giving it a chance and and putting their heart and soul into it like nine times out of ten they're, they're doing a lot better than some of the some of the male DJs that are around right now so I mean it, it's cool to see and everything's always evolving. So as soon as we can get back to these main stages, uh, we can get back to the clubs opening up and things like that. I'm hoping over this lockdown when people have had time to learn new skills and to develop and to gain a little bit of confidence, we see a lot more women just throwing caution to the wind and giving it a go because it's, it's phenomenal. And like you said, the whole culture and the whole community is all about diversity and uh, giving people opportunity to showcase what they can do and the work that they've put in. Yeah, totally. And if I think back to some of the best DJs that I've seen, um, one of my faves of all time watching her live, and I've seen her a couple times too, is also a Toronto DJ, um, local or native, um, Tiki Tai. And Tiki just has this awesome freaking ability to get everybody into it. And then also use, like you're saying, like that, those catchy bits uh awesome samples and then crazy bass where you're just like going crazy balls off the walls just insane so um yeah it's i i was kind of like raised by a female dj and like throughout have seen a really great sprinkle of them i think that the the reason why you're seeing a lot of women now breaking through is maybe before they were a little bit intimidated in terms of, or not intimidated, but in terms of seeing the uh, seeing the scene and how many uh, DJs were predominantly male, it's almost a little bit discouraging, right? When you feel like you don't have the opportunity or the same opportunity in an industry uh, in terms of being booked and uh, having to lay outside the curve is is discouraging because you think what's the point in even trying because nothing's going to come of it and I think now that women have been successful and are then encouraging people like yourself like you were saying the people who have been successful are now encouraging the up-and-coming people it's creating a culture of hey we like everyone can do this this isn't this is an inclusive community and everyone has equal opportunity and you just gotta put your work in and absolutely smash it and the opportunities are there and hey look you might not be where you're trying to get to right off the bat but if you work at it and you work hard there's 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 endless possibilities for the opportunity to work to do these kind of things and to play on these kind of stages right yeah well i i think that representation being more and more it helps for sure but i also think society especially western society has been like more leaning towards you know listening to the victims and hashtag me too movement um i mean i could be i could definitely be wrong i'm sure this has happened at least once but it's not often that like uh uh it's suggested that a man hook up <laughs> to get the slot but like a lot of female djs you know you get those like um 
solicit solicitations for for you know for for something and like I, as an androgynous dj i don't think i've uh, experienced it as much as my more femme um looking female djs but it you know we had nightclub owners in toronto um like uh sexually assaulting patrons and like you have that underbelly of the industry where sure you have like uh drug and narcotic use um maybe not all of it is like super violent but some of it definitely is like i've been roofied when i was djing actually one time um so i don't think like i was djing with my male uh best friend and he didn't get roofied <laughs> so it's not like they wanted to see both djs fuck up they just want to see me fuck up um or they wanted to see my girlfriend at the time fuck up because I asked her to watch my drink. So it's either they were gunning for her or they're gunning for me, but you know, they're not gunning for, for guys. So I think that women don't have that, uh, that safety of, of feeling, uh, that privilege of feeling safe in, in clubs sometimes. And I think that sometimes discourages it also like late night hours, like who wants to walk home like late at night or take a cab. Like these are things that, um, men not, might not question so much but women pay more attention to just because of experience like i've been on a bus late at night after coming from a from a like a house music uh like set like going out in the town and some guy staring at me like literally for 35 minutes so um i think those barriers are there just because of misogyny but uh i definitely think that women are not just breaking down that wall but tearing it down because the female DJs that I'm seeing and the female producers um, like Hannah, Hannah wants and um, monkey is so sick. Bobos. <laughs> um, monkey is incredible. I, I think I read that she was a professional rugby player and then she also DJs. So it's like, and then if I'm thinking locally, um, one of my close friends uh, who is C park, uh, uh, she is on Instagram. She has a mixed cloud. She's on Twitch. She's been doing these different electronic festivals, um, but on, on a live stream, um, like these women are killing it and, uh, I can't wait to see more of it, uh, from them. But, uh, going back to like the types of people that raised me up, like every time I've asked, like, uh, typically like if I've asked a straight male guy for something, uh, they they don't just help me out, you know, like I remember like asking this guy if he would mentor me um, in production because I'm so like ADD that if I have to sit at a computer, I get really overwhelmed, really discouraged. And then maybe it could be something I'm great at, but I just get stressed out and it doesn't happen. Um, but never have I ever gotten that feedback from any kind of female or any kind of queer performer. Usually like if I ask I've asked some women questions, they'll answer honestly. And this guy who I asked to teach me how to produce, his reasoning was that he didn't want our sounds to sound similar. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like you teach somebody the alphabet, doesn't mean you're gonna teach them like how to speak, it's right? I'm just asking you to teach me the alphabet. But yeah. um, I, I, whatever, it's it wasn't meant to be, but definitely like, I pay a lot of credit to um, to DJ Mel Sutherland just for teaching me how to DJ and and just to be uplifting and motivating in that. And then, yeah, I just think that it's an awesome community. It it rules to be a girl. Finally, <laughs> we had like a difficult come up up until like modern times. Uh, people stopped throwing throwing stones at us for the most part, um, but. Yeah, I would love to see what uh, what fem more females can can do, and more trans and queer identifying uh, DJs and artists can can come up with. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a I think it's a, a good outlook to have is just to support each other and uh, all the people who want to be negative and the people who don't want to give the opportunity. They're all slowly dying out. You're seeing it, all that older generation of people. And I think uh, even coming back to what you were saying there with uh, the guy not willing to mentor you, I'm taking it uh, this is someone maybe in past generations who's been doing this for a while. 
and we spoke about this as well, they're, they're a little bit strange in terms of even see like back in the day, so a DJ would like play a, play a track and it would be covered. They wouldn't tell anybody who it was or they would like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want anyone else playing the same kind of track. It was more of a kind of battle and a, uh, a, a mindset to where you got to do everything yourself, right? It's all self-motivated and selfish mindset. Whereas now, especially with uh, the inclusiveness and the recognition from society that people from out with what was believed to be a DJ and a straight male, are doing even better than a lot of these guys who fit that description. We're seeing more opportunity become available and the way that you guys are doing things is through inclusion and through sharing and learning from one another and collaboration. And, and it's fantastic to see. And uh, going back to the thing as well that you were talking about with, uh, in terms of it's, a, it's scary being a female in the industry and being out late at night and being in clubs and things. I think, uh, you are doing a fantastic job to stamp all of that out as well. And unfortunately for a lot of people, it's, it is something that happens. It's most people don't agree with it and don't want anything to do with it and want to work against it. But it's, there's still that small group of people that unfortunately want to bring those kind of things to events and to the community, and to the culture, and there's no place in it for them. And you're seeing that even with, uh, with uh, Eric Morello when he passed away there and there's a lot of people who were supporting him. There's a lot of backlash from that. And uh, who was it who was in trial in Toronto in the last few months? Here's Derek May. Derek May was in trial in Toronto as well for another incident. And you're seeing the community come together. You're seeing these big names, like you said, uh, like even Rebecca launched a full campaign against uh, discrimination towards women and sexual harassment and uh, all of that horrible stuff that everyone wants to see the end of. People are coming together as a community and we're working together to get rid of that and to push it out and to cut out the cancer while it's, uh, while it's kind of on the back foot, everyone together. So that's a, that's a positive thing that's been happening and it's been dealt with the right way and hopefully it continues and hopefully we see more progression in that because it's something that takes, it takes away from all, like I said earlier, all the foundations that built this kind of music, that built this community, that built these beliefs. It's, it's, it's not, it's not part of what everyone else was trying to do and there's no place for it. it doesn't belong here. So I mean, hopefully things start to get safer and things start to get uh, a little bit easier. I think we're on the right path and we're working towards it in the right way. Um, and again, it's only a matter of time until until it's all been found out and it's all all cut out of there and exiled out of it, hopefully sooner rather than later. Totally, yeah. It's uh, just one of those things we're always going to have to deal with, uh, I think, as a society. But um, as long as we now have like the education and verbiage that it's it's really not OK, no excuses, then, yeah, progress will be had. But, um, yeah, it's also like did, didn't didn't mean to make all straight um, straight guys sound like they just want something. But um, no, that's no, my I, experience. Yeah, I, no, no, I get where, I get where you're coming from there as well. And obviously, uh Obviously, there there's always the exception. There's always people who lay out with this, but unfortunately, the thing is, there is still a large, a large amount of DJs, producers, people within the industry. Not even just DJs and producers, like you said, club owners, promoters, things like that. There is still uh, a large amount of people who fit that description who unfortunately have that mindset and. Um, yeah, and I think most people know what you're getting at in terms of it's not it's not everyone, but there it's definitely there, and uh, it's it's more present than we would like it to be. Totally. Yeah, and so in terms of in terms of being a female in the industry, and uh, especially in Toronto right now, females are popping off. There's a lot of very very good DJs out there, and you guys are killing it. 
and you were talking about uh, you're talking about Monkey as being a big influence to you and I personally saw her play and it was phenomenal. She played in uh, in Eden and Ibiza at the defected event and all the DJs there absolutely smashed it. Sam Devine is another one who I, I absolutely love. I think the music that she plays is is great and it's it's very inclusive in terms of even a lot of people who maybe don't listen to dance music and don't uh, take too much of an interest in house music, they can still they can still enjoy it because at the end of the day, good music's good music and and the vibe that it brings is just happy and especially out there when you're in the sun and it's the, all night and all day and you're on holiday and you're feeling good. I mean, it's what you want. Um, but in terms of Toronto as well, you're seeing a lot of female DJs uh, out there who are killing it. Uh, other than obviously your mentor and who who's some other people that you've been encouraged by and uh, maybe even looking to work with in the future and give them a little bit of a shout out. Oh, well, um, you know, I think that, you know, not specifically to Toronto, but I've always just really liked uh, Roberto Saras or Sarace. Um, but uh, anything with like percussion, hi-hats gets me really going so he always just does an incredible job with his with his layouts also john summit the last little bit has been absolutely slaying um i'm hoping to uh include definitely some john summit in my mix uh for you guys uh as well as like josh butler uh who's also been slaying night funk um and I, I'm also hoping to like sample uh, songs that you can still recognize if you're not necessarily a house head. So some really cool samples of Madonna or some hip hop samples um, are typically found in like um, any one of my mixes just to kind of like bridge that connection between uh, the fact that I'm not just a house DJ, I am more open format, but typically when I put mixes out, uh, and the music I would like to produce would I would definitely love to produce some house music. So um, uh, Pax has also been killing it. Um, listening to him quite a bit lately. Dale Howard, um, West End. Um, West End is pretty incredible. I would check him out. And uh, Biscuits. I don't know if you've heard of Biscuits. Transition. So good. Thank you, Biscuits like excellent excellent quality track that one i'm pretty sure is included in the mix i'm gonna make for you guys um just because yeah you're uh, any, anything with bass anything with percussion and then the right kind of vocality um something to give it a little bit of catchiness that's what i always strive for um but yeah so i'm hoping to really just uh put out some really solid and heavy bass as well as some like tech beats and um, some nice hip hop samples hidden yep. in between those glorious well, gloriousness. <laughs> well, by the time this goes out, the mix will already be up. If you haven't yet, check that out. It's I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I already know you're going to absolutely kill it, and you've listed off some names there that I love. So you've really got me excited for this one, and uh, I'm sure everyone will have it on repeat. Music up loud, get the speakers cranked. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me this week, Emily. Uh, I think we're up a, we're up about an hour here. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you very much for gracing us with your presence and giving me the time to sit down and talk to you. It's been really interesting. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that we'll get to sit down and do this. Hopefully we'll get to do this in person at some point. And hopefully I'll get to come out to some of your shows once things open up and we can play out in person again. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. And you know what? I'm just wishing you the best of luck and giving the most encouragement on this endeavor. Um, podcasts like this are great resources for me to like get to get into the heads of the DJs that I follow. So just to be a part of that as an interviewee, incredible. So thank you. Once again, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for continuously tuning in and supporting the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, check out Emily's Mix. It was posted on Friday. It's live on our SoundCloud now. And if you haven't yet, you can find all of our backlogged videos 
on our Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course on the YouTube channel. Uh, for me, starting off right now, is the best thing that you guys can do to show support is by subscribing to the channel. So if you haven't done that yet, make sure to click the subscribe button. And last but not least, a big shout out once again to the boys over at Pale Studios for continuously supporting what I'm doing here and allowing me the opportunity to do our giveaways every month. So you guys are the best. You know that. Thank you very much. God bless.